This week's Four Questions Journalist Spotlight is brought to you by Lefts Atlanta Media, Atlanta's best journalist database. Subscribe at leftsatlantamedia.com. Welcome to another edition of our Four Questions Journalist Spotlight. We are talking today with Rashad Ritchie. Good afternoon, Rashad. Thanks for joining us. What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? I am I am good. I'm looking at a beautiful Friday afternoon right now. And yes. I, I think I can think of a better way to end the day than having a little chat with you, and uh, and then I can enjoy the sunshine before it gets cold tomorrow. There you go, man. Same here. <laughs> well, let's jump right in. So what I want to do is just talk a little bit about your background, and, and I, I've got a list of all the things that you are doing. Uh, so I'm sure sleep is not not high in your list of things you're able to do lately. But give me a little background about Rashad and uh, and your your list of of uh, journalism jobs right now. Oh man, so my background is actually uh, political and educational. Um, I worked as the Democratic uh, State Party Director uh, and Chief Strategist years ago, uh, as well as their lobbyist, and I worked as a political consultant. Uh, over the span of um, of about 15 years. Um, I've also operated as a, a professor. I'm currently uh, a university professor and a department chair uh, at Beulah Heights University, and I lecture at multiple colleges uh, throughout the state. But in journalism, all right. So, Mitch, you, you know, I hope I don't miss something, okay? Yeah, well, I, I, I have a list of, of five things, so let's see, all right. if, let's see if, if there's more than five. Okay. So go. Um, <laughs> I'm the uh, editor-at-large for Rolling Out, which is a multimedia company. Uh, Rolling Out is also the largest free print urban media company in the United States. We have a monthly readership of 2.8 million and a combined social media following of about 400,000 plus. Uh, I'm on WAOK News and Talk 1380. WAOK, I host the Rashad Richard Morning Show. <clears throat> and that morning show is award-winning. Uh, we were uh, we won the uh, AJC poll for best talk radio personality in Atlanta uh, and the Atlanta Business Journal poll for most trusted voice in Atlanta. Um, I'm also the political and social commentator for the People Station V103, uh, which is the largest urban station uh, in the country. Uh, beyond that, I work as the political analyst for CBS 46 News and also Peachtree uh, TV. And... I host my own show called Dr. Rashad Richard Indisputable on the TYT network. That's the Young Turks, uh, the largest progressive online news source uh, uh, in the world. Um, and I host that show on Mondays and I fill in and do guest co-hosting on the main show, The Young Turks. I will be there today, actually, uh, co-hosting on The Young Turks main show. Um, and I do political commentary for MSNBC. Oh, I missed one. All right, so I missed that one. MSNBC. <laughs> All right, MSNBC. I put that on my list here. All right, I, I got five out of six. That's, that's pretty good, right? That's great, actually. <laughs> I, I forget. I forget uh, two or three every now and then. So it's all good, man. That's great. That's great. So let's see. So you you've been at. Uh, I guess I hear you mostly. I hear you on forty six, and uh, and AOK. I guess is where I, I kind of. See and hear you the most, but obviously you know the MSNBC, MSNBC stuff probably gets picked up in other places too. So you get you get that pickup too. Uh, are there certain topics that? And this is a broad question. Are there certain topics that you uh, really want to be focusing on right now? You know, the topics I typically focus on have to do with politics and social issues. 
I'm a big policy guy. Um, my doctoral degree uh, is a policy related degree. Um, I've always believed, Mitch, that policy is a social contract between the community and the government. And when you're in the business of fair treatment for people in this country, you must also be in the business of policy on some level. Um, that goes from feeding the hungry to what our K through 12 education looks like. Policy is involved in all of that. And as a policy individual, uh, those are mainly the items I talk about uh, most uh, in my radio program, TV program. Yeah, and there's no shortage of important topics. Yeah. Uh, gosh, certainly, certainly in the last year and, and before, obviously, but uh, no shortage of, you know, what are we going to talk about today kind of thing. Right? <laughs> There's no, it's no shortage of content, brother. <laughs> I mean, it's like content heaven right now, but it's been content heaven really for like four years plus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it and, you know, you, you yearn for those days where you walked into the newsroom and said, Wonder what's going to be interesting today, and and now you're like, <laughs> you know, there's, it's it's just something something huge every day. You and I were just every talking a, a few minutes ago, and and you know, when by the time this airs, it'll be a little bit in the past. But Major League Baseball pulling the All Star game from Atlanta, which is not entirely unsurprising, but uh, still a big a big hit uh, politically, reputationally, economically, socially. Yep. Uh, for for Metro Atlanta. And it showed you the direct connection between policy, consumers, and business. And that's what you see happening, not only with uh, Major League Baseball and the All-Star Game, but um, also companies like Delta, Coca-Cola, and others. Uh, that That is the direct connection between politics, consumers, and companies. Yeah, I, I've been talking the last couple of days with my client over at the Gazueta School about kind of the impact of, of boycotts and this kind of social action on specific companies and the kind of the consensus in a lot of places seems to be, you know, this isn't necessarily going to cause someone to not buy Coke or not pick up a pile of pine chips at, at Home Depot, but it's forcing the corporations to make statements, which put a lot of pressure on government and a lot of other larger organizations to do it. I mean, I, I think, Ideally, in a perfect world, you'd like to be able to say that, yeah, a lot fewer people went to Home Depot, but I'm not sure that that is quite exactly the goal or the end result. Obviously, you want to put pressure on the Well, even the threat of it, Mitch, the threat of it is damning, right? Right, The threat of saying, we're going to organize Black people not to buy Coca-Cola anymore. I mean, that's a real threat, especially if you start getting um, some heavy hitters uh, on board with that threat, echoing that threat on national media, social media, right. and everywhere else is going to eventually have an impact. And then it becomes a public relations nightmare because if you don't do something, if you're seen with a Coca-Cola, it's like, wait a minute, why are you drinking a Coca-Cola? You know the fight we're having with Coca-Cola right now. And, and, and I get it. I know some people completely disagree with that methodology. They say it shouldn't be connected, should not have a direct connection to politics. But the reality of it is this, Mitch. Um, People that are adversely affected by this policy, they buy their products. And if those individuals say, you know what, we want companies that we support to support us when we feel disenfranchised by policy. Well, I think that's a fair statement. It doesn't mean the companies have to do it. It's still a consumer market. They can make the decision to say, listen, guys, we did the best we could do. Um, We're moving forward. This doesn't have anything to do with us. But that's not the tone of some of these companies right now. Right. It's got to be what you what you do. And and I think. 
people have that decision, that choice to make a, a purchase decision with a company that connects with their their values and what and what they believe in. And if they think that Coca Cola or Delta or Home Depot or McDonald's as a company, their values don't con- don't conflate with their values, then yeah, then you make that decision. Uh, the you know, Chick Fil A prime great example of that uh, uh, a lot of back and forth and arguing about well you know do we separate this aspect of chick-fil-a from the fact that man they got a great chicken sandwich you know it's, <laughs> right. where do you where, where do you draw where do you draw the line there right hey man it's tough man it's tough i've been boycotting and people are going to think i'm crazy i my favorite restaurant i'm so i'm such a simple guy mitch was uh waffle house yeah i love waffle house but the Waffle House, they had an incident where a security guy who was a off-duty cop did something to a customer. I didn't like the response of Waffle House. So I've decided never to eat at a Waffle House again. And, and that's been three years for me now. I made I made a decision not to have Big Macs a long time ago, but I think it was more for the calorie count. Than <laughs> yeah, man. I still enjoy Big Mac every now and then. You can do that once a year, Mitch. You I can, can do it once, once a year? Once all right, all right. Once what's, a year, man. It, it will wrong? not kill you. Twice? Yeah. But but to your to your point, you know, if if I say, you know, I really don't like I don't like the way Waffle House corporate is reacting to this, but I know that this is a franchiser who is you know is independently owned and operated. He's you know he's he's got thirty people who work for him and he's paying them a a good wage. I might say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Waffle House just twice a month instead of five times a month. Maybe a maybe a balance it, right? Some people know. do that. Some people do that. And Waffle yeah. House also they hire uh individuals that sometimes cannot get jobs in other places. They do not right. have right. an anti felony requirement uh to be hired at Waffle House, which is a positive. Uh but I had to make my personal decision was that the, the other thing outweighed that. But yeah. I'm still not telling everybody don't go to Waffle House because I need my brothers and sisters who have made mistakes to be able to have a job. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. All right. So are there some topics that uh, yeah not obviously they're they're the current topics but are there, are there some issues and topics that are kind of percolating in the back of your head you think I want to get more into this topic and I just you know the day to day breaking news stuff is just keeping me from really digging deeper into where I want to go with with some of these more man that's a great question Mitch. great question uh, the affordability of higher education. And I've been on this big. I even have some YouTube commentaries, has thousands of views. When Biden first got elected and he basically said, hey, we can't do the, you know, loan forgiveness thing. This is a congressional issue. Well, I disagree with that based on the law. The Higher Education Act, of, I think it's 1965, but the Higher Education Act, either 1965 and 1975, it allows for the Secretary of Education to collect or not collect the debt. It, it gives that legal authority in the federal code. Well, now you see it happening. Uh, Americans with permanent disabilities, they just got their debt forgiven. Individuals that graduated from colleges that are considered to be deceitful or engaged in deceptive practices, their debt got forgiven two weeks ago. Um, So we see that it can happen. And now the Biden administration has asked the Secretary of Education to look at if he has the legal authority to do this. But you don't really fix anything. And that's that's the issue here, Mitch. If you forgive the student loan debt and listen, I'm, I'm for that, by the way, I'm not against it, I'm for it. Uh, but you put a Band-Aid and you never take care of the wound that caused it in the first place. Sure. Right? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I think the last time you and I met was something I was. I, we do a bit of work with Georgia Stand Up with uh, yes. Deborah, Deborah Scott's group over there, and uh, I think the uh, official uh, the issue of uh, affordable housing mm-hmm. in Atlanta and, and other cities is huge, especially as you get you know things like the Beltline swallowing up property, and uh, you got the the Gulch project, which supposedly is going to have some affordable housing incorporated into the mix. But uh, you know, if, if there's no one watching. Yeah, as I was saying, is there no one watching? Who knows what somebody's going to do, right? Mitch, it never works out the way they say it will, man. Come on, Mitch. <laughs> right. It right. never, whatever's on paper, the one guarantee is that that won't be what it is. That's 100% every time when they say, we're going to do this, that's what will not happen. Yeah. And yeah. hopefully you can hold them accountable to get close to that. Um, but it, it's, you know, we talk about affordable housing on my radio show a lot and how the artificial um, industry injection uh, increases the property taxes. So mama them can't even afford to stay where they've been staying for 50 years. Um, it, it's out of control. Displacement of, is out of control. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree with you. That's a major one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, uh, I don't know. We talk around that a lot, but I, I don't see that one necessarily getting any better, but it, you know, I'll digress for a second and say, you know, it's, it's, the the people who watch it's the journalists who watch gov- city government and these kinds of projects that keep these kinds of things from happening because I don't you know I don't have the expertise or the time to to be that watchdog but yep. it's it's journalists like like you and you know Dan Weisenhut and Decatur mm-hmm. you know Decatur she does an awesome job keeping Decatur yep. and Avondale Estates and and whatnot uh, and yep. and that's why free press as you know Mitch is fundamental to uh, a functioning democracy. Yeah, you will I mean, never have a functioning democracy without a free press. Well, we see what happens when in smaller towns and smaller markets where they lose that, or right. where, or where, you know, content gets syndicated, or mm-hmm. you get larger. Not that anything wrong with larger media companies, but where there's not a diversity of voices looking at it. Um, have you met Robin Kemp down in, down in Clayton? She's I have a, not met Robin. Robin, she has a new public, new online publication called the the Clayton Crescent. Check oh, it out. Nice. She's she's okay. doing an awesome. Just she's doing an amazing job covering Clayton County, um, City of Forest Park, that that area. I will check. I will check That's out right. Rob. Absolutely. All right. Okay. So now the now the lightning round, the fun part. So <laughs> tell me what what is what's fun and cool about Rashad that people might not know about. What do you what do you do that that people are like? Wow, I didn't know he I didn't know he was like a professional fencer on the side. Or, <laughs> oh man, that, or something like that. that. Uh, I don't know if it's fun or cool. But it is um, something that a lot of people don't know. I play the piano by ear. Okay. And it's very, yeah, it's very therapeutic for me. Uh, but I've, I've been able to play the piano by ear since I was about 11 years old. Yeah. All right. I may have you, when I, before I air this, I may have you send me a little audio that I could incorporate oh, yeah, in I, here. I may yeah. do that. Yeah, I yeah. That, that something, something. Yeah. All right. So last book that you've read. The last book I read, um, A Promised Land by Barack Obama. Okay. Favorite Atlanta restaurant? Favorite Atlanta restaurant. <laughs> man, I'm I'm just, I'm a simple brother, man. This is it. Uh, the soul food restaurant. My big homie, Butch, yeah, uh, I would, the founder, man. I, I love my soul food, man. Is that, is this, that the, is, is, this is it? Okay, where's that located? What it's called. Where's that located? So they have 11 locations, so they're all across the metro area. Okay. I'm, I'm an adventurous food person, so I will... Uh, I'll drag the wife out and, and check that out. Okay. Favorite guilty pleasure? 
my guilty pleasure is that I love vanilla bean ice cream and root beer. Ooh, that's I'm a, good a root one. beer float king, and I know how to do them really well. That's good. That's good. My my father taught me how to do a really good egg cream. Yeah, you, know, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta have the right combination of of uh, tonic water and milk. And you so, gotta know what you're doing for that, brother. Right. I, right. Other, I, otherwise, I'm not that advanced, man. Otherwise, it just it's just otherwise it's just chocolate milk, right? That's right. You don't do it right. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite local getaway? Honestly, man, my favorite local getaway is actually my home. I, my home sits on the lake uh, and it is uh, peaceful. We have ducks uh, and that's my favorite local getaway, man. When I really just want to relax, that's where I go. That's great. That's great. I, I like I like going to lakes and sitting by them. I don't I unfortunately do not have one in my backyard. I, I got a bird bath, but that's. That's but that's what, close enough. Mitch is what you making, Mitch. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, <laughs> late, lately I've, I've started. I, I got a, a a newer model GoPro, and it's got a wire. You know, I, I can stream. So I set up my GoPro by my bird feeder, and I'm streaming the feed to Facebook. Which, oh, that's dope. Which, which is so, sometimes incredibly boring because people people will will, will comment like, "Are there supposed to be birds here?" <laughs> right. like, you gotta you gotta keep watching. You know, you, you put the sand on, you hear the tweeting, and. Right. Have a little water feature, so you hear the water. To... You hear the water going, so you you, you got to pay attention. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. the bird comes in, sometimes you get a squirrel. All right, uh, <laughs> favorite favorite non work hobby. Non work hobby, that's a hard one, Mitch, because I work all the time. Non work hobby. I can tell you something I do. I don't know if it's a hobby, but when I do have a little downtime, um, I watch sci fi films. I'm a trekkie. Uh, I'm a big science fiction guy, which a lot of people don't know. Uh, and that's my escapism. I escape in science fiction. Have you watched uh, the Orville? I have not. Orville's pretty funny. It's it's a, it's a funny version on funny kind of a funny take on Star Trek. I think they got canceled. They're on Fox for a couple of seasons. Okay, no, I Maybe haven't seen other. that. It's no, called. I, I just right now I'm going through the Marvel stuff. Some people. Uh, some people don't say that's hardcore sci-fi. It is sci-fi, um, and uh, uh, all of the 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 Mandalorian, which is yep. on Disney Plus. Yep. I'm giving out too much information here, Mitch. These that's, aren't things you good. talk about when you're from <laughs> Glenwood Road, like myself. So I'm going to stop now, Mitch. All right, you're uh, cool. too much out of me. All right, well we, we are at, we are at 20 minutes. I, I said 20 minutes, so we're gonna we're, we're gonna stop here. Rashad Richie, thank you so much. Uh, a little snapshot. We could we could talk for a lot longer, but uh, but then we. Then our my podcast would turn from an interesting thing to something that parents use to get their kids to fall asleep, but we don't that's, want that. That's hilarious, Mitch. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for the invite, man. Thanks, Rashad. Okay. And thank you. Thanks for being here, and uh, everyone. Join us next week for another edition of our Four Questions Journalist Spotlight.